Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. You're listening to Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, a life-changing fellowship. Join us while she ministers God's word today, which heals food for the soul. You will be blessed and enlightened. Let us join in with the service already in progress. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Starting at verse 1, it says, And seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are all the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11 says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12 says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. We're going to talk today about food for the soul. Say with me, food for the soul. For our heads, blessed Savior, we thank you for the word this morning. We thank you that it is nourishment to our spirit man and that we will be fed and strengthened to go on this day and throughout the week. Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory and honor that all that hear the word will receive it and that your word would follow good, soft, and hard, that we'll take it in, Meditate on the word and be active hearers and doers of your word. We give you the thanks and praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're talking about food for the soul. Just like your natural body needs food to eat, so we as spirit beings must hear must receive, must take in spiritual words, which is the Bible, take it inside that our spirit man may grow. In chapter 4 of Matthew, it talks about uh, Jesus, how he had been led to the wilderness, been tempted, then coming out. 
call and to choose some of his disciples. And the scripture says that he went about and began to do the work which God had sent him to do, which was to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And it says that in chapter 4 that Jesus went about healing all manner of sickness, all manner of disease among people. And it says in verse 24 of chapter 4, it says that his fame went throughout all Syria, and that they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torment, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatics, those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and so forth and so on. But it said that immediately after Jesus was tempted, he came out, and you know the story, he chose some of his disciples and began to call them to do a work for him. But Jesus went about teaching the people, healing them. He was teaching them the gospel, and he was healing them of all infirmities, lunatics, crazy people, and all of it. Those who had demons in them, he was casting them out. And they were following him, and his fame had began to spread. For they said, come, this man is doing a work that had not yet been done at that time. Jesus begins up in chapter 5, and he began to look out at the multitude of people. And when he saw them, he went up to a place, and his disciples came. And because Jesus, being a compassionate and a loving Savior, he knew the people were hungry. He had already healed them, delivered them, but they were still hungry. So he began to feed them. And verse 2, it says, and he opened his mouth and he taught them. You healed them, you set them free. But they were still following him because even though they had that healing and they were set free, they were now empty. They had already let go of that attachment. So they had already had a hole in them that needed to be filled. Because once you remove something out, something needs to be put back in. When he looked at them, he knew that they needed food for their soul. And what he begins to do in verse number three, he began to bless them. It's the first thing he says is to speak blessings to them. And let me tell you something. You'll have more people that will listen attentively to you if you give them something that they can attach themselves to. It's not always natural or material things, but a good word in season will bring about a harvest. Amen. So he begins with, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Because when you look at the first thing he talked about was the poor, it's not necessarily talking about financially poor, but poor in thought, pure and poor in heart, and poor in their consciousness and awareness of life itself. 
Hallelujah. No, it does not mean that. But you have a lowly mindset. You prefer your brothers over yourself. Look at this. In, in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 25. Let's go over there for a moment. Matthew 11 and 25. Listen to what the Lord is saying. In verse number 25, and it says, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because I have hid these things from the wise and prudent that has revealed them unto your babes. When Jesus talks about babes, he's not talking about little bitty ones that are crawling. He's talking about those that have a low mindset, which don't think themselves to be so glamorous, so this and so that, that you get outside. Don't be steady. What do you mean? Just don't think yourself above everything. When he made this thing, he says, I've hid those things. So what things are you talking about? The truth, the knowledge of his word, how you can have peace and all of that. What he said, I've hidden that from them. What? He said, God, because the wise can't even receive the truth about God. Do you know the millionaires, it's hard for them to accept Jesus because they got the monies in, and they feel like, you know, I got all this. Why do I need a God? They say, Jesus is the poor man. God, not so. So the Bible is saying there, he said, you've hid it from the wise and the, you know, and prudent. So he's saying, but you have revealed it into those who are lowly mindset to recognize it. So I didn't create this world. I didn't. I can't explain how the tree uh, grows. I don't understand about the rain. I don't understand about that. But so I can receive God because I know it's somebody greater than me that has done all of that. So God has said that he's revealed it into those who are low in mindset to receive something better than themselves. In Matthew 18, verse 1 and 3, let me go over that for Matthew 18, verses 1, 2, and 3. Listen to this. At the time, same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called but a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. And what does he say in verse number three? He says, and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> verse four said, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same as the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So when the Lord is talking about a little child, do you know as little children, <clears throat> you will listen to what your parents say? And you would do what your parents say, all right? So it's a, and those little children, they don't hold grudges, all right? They're not like the grown-ups where they get mad, and you're not getting mad at you over there. I'm not going to speak to you for, for now until you turn to, oh, I never forgive you. The little children, I, as parents, I, I, I recall that as children, uh, they fuss and have a little fight amongst themselves, and, and you go up and break up the fight, and next thing you know, they back slam again. And you can ask someone about that, they say, oh, that's my friend. But Jesus is saying, if you're loving, don't hold grudges, you know, accept me, see what I'm doing, look at the works that the, that the Father is doing through me. If you don't believe me, believe the works that I'm doing through the Father. Children will receive truth rather than elders, elders. And the grown-ups and all that—that uh, so 
have a low mindset. Amen. And then in verse number four it says, blessed are they that mourn. So what am I talking about when you say blessed are those that mourn? Here he's talking about blessed to forgive it and you're refreshed by God's grace are those who mourn. So what, what, what do you mean by this, those who mourn? Look at what Isaiah 61, verse 2 and 3. Go, go there with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 2 to 3. He says, but let me start at verse 1. He says, the spirit of the, of, of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound. But look at verse number 2. He says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that what mourn to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beautiful ashes. What else? The all of joy for what? Mourning. And the garment of praise, what? For the spirit of happiness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So what are you saying? He says, bless your happiness, spiritually prosperous, of those that mourn, because what? What are you mourning for? Ah, you're mourning what? Over your sins and your repentance. Lord, let me tell you something. With that true repentance heart, what happens? Once you know that you have sinned and you're really sorry that you sinned, and you go and you say what? You say, Heavenly Father, I am so sorry. Oh, God. Heal my heart. Help me, God. The Bible talks about the prodigal son. You know the story when he said, Dad, give me give me all of my stuff. He just said, Dad, you should die and give me all of that. That's what it is. Dad, wish you did give me my money. That's bad. But the prodigal son, he goes out and he wasted all his money. And when he came to himself, he thought about it. He said, you know, my you're eating the slop with the pigs are eating. I'm doing all of this. I'm looking dirty, smells dirty, is dirty. He says, you know, if I go back home, I'm going to repent. The scripture says that as he went on his way, he was rehearsing what he was saying. And if you say it enough, your whole spirit and your soul become engulfed in that. He says, Dad, you don't even have to accept me back. I'm just paraphrasing it. That's your son. But let me just be a servant, and I'll take care of you. Because your servants are living better than I am. They didn't ask for the money that I wasted. But yet still, you take care of that. That's a mourning attitude when you begin to say, Lord, I've sinned. Help me, Jesus, not to do this. Strengthen me on the inside, God. Lord, I desire truth within my inward parts. But it says that you are forgiven and you're refreshed by God's grace because you realize that you've sinned, you've repented, and God has forgiven you. And listen to this. That last part of that says this. For they shall be comforted. Did not the father of the prodigal son, did he not comfort his son that came back? Did he talk about it when he came back? Did you know good rascal? He didn't say anything like that. 
Don't you find it 
in the Holy Spirit. He said, oh, Lord, he recognized that there is a God greater than him. And God had to bring him to a point of him being meek and lowly in order for God to use him. Because Paul had written more than books in the New Testament. But he had to be humbled in order to get the good fruit out of his life. He had worth and value. Yes, he did. But God wanted it to be for his glory and honor and not that of the enemy. And see, once he got that revelation, God spoke to him and said, I want you to be a light to the Gentiles. I need somebody of your caliber, with your charisma, to go there to the Gentiles. I got the disciples, they're going to the Jews. He said, but I want you. I need somebody with your capability, your ability, but get your pride out of the way. And see, the Lord was always dealing with Paul because of the knowledge to puff up. But he, he, he answered the Lord three times, would you remove this thorn in my thigh, which means a pride issue. And the Lord said, look, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul had got to a point where, you know, you can get heady and whatever, and you want to do this. And he said, God help me because God mm-mm. I don't want you to ever get lifted up and thinking that you are this great and awesome person. I want you to know that all your strength and your help come from me, the heavenly Father. Amen. And Psalms 149, I want you to go over that with me, Psalms 149 and verse number 4. Let's look at this for a moment and see what this says. Psalms 149 and verse number 4. Listen to what this says. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the what? The meek, those lowly in heart, with salvation. You know, I've known so many people, I'm quite sure you know them, that cannot get above what they are capable of doing, and they, they won't give God credit. They won't say, well, God says, they'll look at this and say it's the Big Bang Theory instead of saying God created the heavens and the earth and set everything in its place. Amen. Look at verse number six. Verse number six says what? Blessed are they which do what? Hunger and thirst, where? After righteousness. So what are we talking about? He says, blessed. In this instance, it says what? You are joyful and you are nourished by God's goodness. In verse number six, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And what do you mean hunger and thirst for righteousness? Those that seek right standing with God. What he says, hunger and thirst, when you hunger and thirst, you're hungry and thirsting after, after what? the righteousness of God. But there has to be a hunger and thirst in you. Amen? Psalms 42 says, As the heart panted after the water brook, so panted my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When he, when shall I come in it before and appear before God? Even we sing that song, As a deer for the water, the thing of it is your heart has to want God. So I say if you're hungry and you're thirsty for God, guess what? He will fill you up. You remember the woman at the well? You remember Jesus had already fed the multitude. 
And then he had to go by this way of Samaria. So what happened? A woman comes, and he says, I want some water. And she looks at him and says, paraphrasing it now, say, you being a Jew, you're going to ask me a Samaritan. So what is a Samaritan? They, Samaritan means mixture. They were <clears throat> people that maybe they were married, a Jew marrying a Greek. Okay, so they were meaning something of mixture. So they had married outside their race. So we, in today's, you know, uh, uh, term, we could say they were married, marrying of a different race. All right, two different races coming together, and the society talks about them same way it was then. The Samaritan, they were talking about that. So the thing of it is, is this. <clears throat> Tells Jesus, if you knew who I was, if you knew my lifestyle, you would ask me for water. And she leaves there because Jesus made a statement, the water that I give to you is not from this well. But he was giving her spiritual water because there was a hunger and a thirst in her for something more than what she had because she had been through several husbands. She didn't lie about it and say, oh, not me, speak to the hand. No. <clears throat> she says, I'm not married, Jesus, to him, the one you with. He's not your husband. And after her soul had been filled because she was hungry for the truth of God's word, what happened was this. She goes out and she began to tell people. And she told men around there and said, come see a man that has told me all about myself. And the men went. And they made a statement. It wasn't because of what she said. I said, what? You would have never known that had she not brought that word to you. Amen? Amen. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, look at Psalms 63 and verse number 1. Go there with me, Psalms 63 and verse number 1. It says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts what? For thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. His soul, his body was thirsting for God. Let me tell you this. Have you ever gone to a place and you need to hear a good word? And you go there, and maybe you didn't get there, but you needed it. You left hungry. I remember coming up and and gone to this church, and I left empty. I went there hungry. I needed something to satisfy this longing on the inside of me. I needed that word, and I went there, even though there was a word. It didn't fill my hungry and thirsty soul. And I cried out and said, Lord, direct me to a place where my soul can be fed. And I remember going to church, and when I left there, I remember telling those with me, don't you feel full? Has not your soul been satisfied? Then I could see, really sing that song, so my soul longeth for thee. Oh, when you're thirsty, you want that quenching water. Amen. He just don't want, you know, he just don't want anything. It's like going to fast food and going to home cook. The fast food is there and then it's gone. But when you sit there and you get that, that, that soul food, I mean, that good.
and verse number 9. Psalms 107 and verse number 9. Look at what is being said there. 107, verse number 9. It says, for he satisfies, oh, I just love this, the longing soul and fills the hungry soul, what? With goodness. That's nothing like being strengthened in your inward part. David made the statement. He said, I desire truth in my inward part because when he made that statement, he says, you know, I want the truth. I just don't want anybody just to say things to me just that my ears would be satisfied with it. Uh, but he says, I desire truth in my inward part. That's what he's saying. Oh, God. When I begin to think about this, all I want to do is for you to fill me up on the inside. Oh, than anything. God is great. Amen, amen, amen. So let's look at one of the other scriptures in verse number seven. We're still coming out of our main subject right now in Matthew chapter five. Look at verse seven. It says, blessed are the what? The merciful. For they shall what? Obtain mercy. So what is the merciful that we're talking about? The merciful are those that treat you with kindness. And one main thing, the merciful, is that is forgiving. To be merciful means to forgive. Jesus talked about Forgiveness all the time. Because if you don't forgive on this side, you're unmerciful. But if you want that same mercy, you must be willing to give it. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. Just turn over Matthew 6 and look at verses excuse me, 14 and 15. Listen to this. For verse 14 says, For if you forgive me and their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Okay, 15. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So what is he saying? If you don't be merciful and forgive, then he's not going to forgive you. Because we're supposed to be disciples of Christ, followers of Jesus. He leads by example, and we're to follow that example. But if he forgave us, you know, we ought to have a desire to forgive. That's not an easy thing, I should say, to forgive those that have really done you wrong. I like to put it this way. It is a challenge for you to forgive. And your foundation should be this, to stand on with that challenge. If I don't forgive, when I stand before him, he won't forgive me. So what do you do? You say, Lord, this is something for me to do because of whatever they did, no matter how hurtful. And you know who's the first ones that can hurt you the most? Your household and your church family. Those are the, you know, you expect it from your enemy. Even though it hurts, it does. You expect it. But when you have given your heart to the Lord and you're walking in the word of the Lord, your family is going to criticize you if they have not embraced Jesus. 
they're going to call you everything that is not acceptable in your language. And then your church people. Because once you do good and you're walking in that, then they're going to be there in churches. I'm talking, I'm trying to be for real with you, straight up 100. They're going to be the ones that they think they're better than somebody else. They just came into the church, been in the church uh, only uh, six months, and uh, and, done, and they, they jealousy. And a lot of times, new and old members of churches get hurt by people in church. And it becomes a challenge to forgive them. But as I say, everybody needs a foundation that they're building their house. And it should be on the grounds of, I will forgive. Knowing that you do want to go to heaven and you don't want to burn in a lake of fire. It's either heaven or hell. There's no thinking ground. You're either going to be with Christ or you're going to be with the enemy. You're either going to live and move on the streets of with gold, gates of pearl, or you're going to be in the lake of fire to burn for an eternity. Either way, you'll have eternal life without Christ or with Christ. So we have to know that we will be merciful, and merciful that he talks about is that forgiveness. Amen? Amen. Go to Psalms chapter 41 and verses 1 through 4. Psalms 41. I like to always give you scriptures so you'll have something to run to. Amen? In Psalms chapter 41, Verses 1 through 4, it reads as follows Blessed, what is that blessed? Happy and spiritually prosperous. If he then considers the poor, the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him. What we're we talking about, the man oh, that is blessed and considers the poor. This is what we're talking about. He says, The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he shall be blessed upon the earth, and thou wilt not deliver him into the will of his enemies. Verse 3 says, The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou wilt make all his bed in the sickness. Listen to this. I said, Lord, by be merciful unto me, but heal my body, for I have sinned against thee. But listen to the Lord says, He will be merciful to you. Would you consider the poor? So who are the poor? Those what? That are less fortunate materially and spiritually. One thing that I love about what the Lord says about doing good to all men, how to be mercy and show mercy. Visit those in the prison. Visit those in the halfway houses. Visit those that are in the nursing home. Amen? Amen. Turn with me to Proverbs verse, chapter 11, verse 17. I hope you enjoy this. Amen? Proverbs 11. And look at verse number 17. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel but troubles his own flesh. Look at that. Go to chapter 14, verse 21. Verse 14, verse 21, it says this. He that despises his neighbor sinneth, 
but he that has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Let me read that for you again. He that despises his neighbor, sinneth. But he that has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Amen. 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 Go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Turn over there for me. Ephesians 4. Chapter 4, verse number 32. And it says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted. Oh, that's that word again. Forgiving, but one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, but has forgiven you. Oh, so we're talking about being merciful. Amen? Go right on there to chapter 5 of Ephesians. Look at verse 1. And it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Oh, my God. So what is he saying right then and there? That we ought to be loving and forgiving. Amen? Amen. Look at verse number 8. Verse number 8 says what? Go back to Matthew chapter 5. Verse number 8. And how does it read? It says this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall, what? See God. So what are we talking about, the pure in heart? We're talking about their integrity, moral courage, and godly character. The pure in heart means integrity, moral courage, and godly character. Amen? So what are we saying in verse number 8? Let's look at this. They are blessed. They are anticipating God's calm with God's presence. Rather, they are anticipating God's presence, spiritually mature, or the pure in heart. Those who have integrity, moral courage, and godly character. So they will see God. Amen? So let's look at some scriptures up there. Amen. Turn with me over to Matthew 23 and verse number 28. Look at what this says. You have been listening to Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Life Changing Fellowship. Thank you for joining us with today's message, Food for the Soul. We hope that you was blessed and encouraged with today's message. Till next time, be blessed, and may God continue to bless you real good. Be encouraged. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.